Hey, it's Emanuela. And this is McKenna. Welcome to the collective Cultivating Creativity, Cruising Through Your 20s. In today's part two of the higher the education, the higher the check. Today, we'll be wrapping up this conversation and answering any questions you've submitted. Let's tune in. Hey, girl. Hey. 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 Happy, happy Saturday for us right now, right? Right. Saturday, Saturday. It's hailing outside. It's feeling, it's crazy. I got to talking to some friends from New York and they're just like, yo, the weather is, the weather is bipolar. It's ridiculous. That tropical weather, tropical storm. That's definitely the energy that Denver is sending as well. I just literally, like we didn't film last week because I had a sinus infection because of the shift of weather. Like it's about to be 60 degrees today, but yesterday was a low of 18 and it was snowing. Oh my gosh. How, 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 how? So I think this brings me into like, wow, this honestly starts my conversation because as an educator, um, I had to get past all these negative feelings that past my, um, honestly, past my, 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 well, my health and get into school and make sure that I'm bringing this energy for my kids so they can continue to learn. And this brings us back into our conversation of higher education. Um, funny enough, the school that I go to, we advocate for a four-year degree for every kid that goes to school. Like, I know it's like not everyone's reality, but we do believe that everyone can have that choice and they should be open to it. So uh, my first question is, how has our time in higher education shaped the way we view society? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, Honestly, well, where do I start from this? So I think we talked a little bit about how it was a necessity for us to go to college, especially because of the families that we grew up in, especially being Black people in America and wanting to create a long-lasting legacy. Um, for me, I think that it showed me that society really isn't all that it's cracked up to be. It's not fair. There's still people making rules that are in place to still keep people at a disadvantage like myself. Um, you're told if you go to college, if you do well, if you graduate on time, if you put your best foot forward, you'll have all these opportunities coming to you when you're fresh out into the world. But the reality is oftentimes very different. And I know that it was for myself. So I think personally, it just showed me that society, the structure of society really isn't cut out for me. And I have to figure out how to find and forge my path in this society that was built against me, if that makes sense. No, that makes a complete amount of sense. And I think that that's where we're, we're kind of similar on the spectrum. But for me, it was more about advocacy. Um, I went to the university and realized that there are not enough brown and black faces out here. Like these universities are filled with white people. What's up with that? Um, <laughs> and I think that led me into honestly education because being an educated black woman reminded not even reminded me it uplifted me and reminded me how other kids in this world are not giving that experience and like it's not even about going to college it's more about just the experience of like knowing you have that option and I think for a lot of brown kids black kids latino kids native american kids that's not an option it could be literally just financially because they can't do it or because they're just not exposed to it Mm -hmm. so for me my perspective has shifted to the outlet of Yes, not everyone needs a higher education, but everyone should be exposed to it. And yes. As a 
modern day educator, I'm going to let my brown and white kids and my Native American kids and my Latino kids know, hey, college is here, but also you can go to trade school, but also you can be an entrepreneur, but also you can be a caretaker. This is, doesn't have to do anything with a four-year degree. And I also remind them, I'm blatantly honest with my children. Like, my kids know that I'm in $150,000 worth of debt. They know. <laughs> they understand and they get it. They know that I had to take a loan from the bank. They know. Yeah. And to them, I want to awaken the knowledge that is connected to education. Because for me, I didn't have anybody in my family saying, oh, you're going to be in debt and it's going to be, it's going to feel like this and you're going to get out of college and it's going to be like this. No one did that for me. <laughs> my so mother a, told me. She no, said, my listen. Parents, my parents gonna... didn't go to college. My parents yeah. didn't go to college. No, so I get it. I get it. But a lot it's, it's not even about the whole college aspect either, what you're saying. I think it's this idea of the American dream and this idea of money. And mm -hmm. I, and it's crazy because my partner was telling me how he had to explain to someone at his job who's 23 <laughs> what a credit card is and how it works. And I said, wow, must be nice to be privileged. And he took mm. it offensively. But personally, to me, that's the reality. Because ever since I was a kid, my parents were telling me what debt was even before college was even an option. And so I think that kind of gets me into my next question about if I suffered from comparison mode getting out of college, it's still at a disadvantage because we're coming out of college with so much debt where people that are exposed to opportunities when they're young, exposed to things that we haven't even been exposed to. Yeah, no, they're literally graduating college without debt to their name. They're graduating and seeing it as, oh, this was a great opportunity, not as this was an investment. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it doesn't really... It, it doesn't even have a lot to do with higher education. It has a lot to do with the way that the view of money is set up in our society where someone can actually ask what is a credit card and how does it work and still have a college degree, whereas I had to understand how that worked when I was a kid. And obviously, that's not really my burden to carry. When I have my children, I kind of want to shape their view of financial literacy a lot differently than my parents did mine. But it's still this idea as a society where you're on this level playing field when in fact you really are not. And the mm -hmm. number one disparity is money. Mm -hmm. And we can yeah. have this, no, we can have these great degrees. We can go to school with these super rich people. We can go to school with these very intelligent people and have the same quote unquote opportunities be taught by the same professors. But the reality of the situation is that if you do not have money when you're out into the real world, you're at a harder disadvantage than others. You exactly. You're a big fact. And I think that that's the reality of higher education. And I feel like that is why I make sure my students know about my debt. Because in that knowing, <laughs> in that knowing, you need to know how financially like, prepared you need to be. Mm -hmm. You need to know that you're going to have to have at least $100,000 to be coasting in college. And it's funny because one of my students, Makai, he was just like, Ms. Blanc, I don't even have a hundred dollars. Like, what do you, <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? Like, how am I going to get this money by the time I go to college? And I'm just like, I honestly, I can't tell you because some people really literally like they drain, they literally drain themselves, Makai, to try to get to the space where everyone's telling them it's great. It's good to be here, but you don't even inevitably feel like you need to be there. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. I feel like I've, I haven't, that's funny. I have suffered from the comparison that comes with the financial aspects of graduating from college. And I think it's more pre relevant in my being an educator. And I think that's funny because literally this week, McKenna, like this week, girl, I, I've been protesting since I've moved to Colorado 
since I've gone to this new school about just the way they've been treating and advocating for teachers. Like, what people don't understand is that educators literally change the world. And I'm not talking about all educators. If you have a tenure and you've been working at an establishment for over 25 years, I'm not sure about your <laughs> Time's perspective. Up. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm not sure about your perspective for the shift of the world and society around you, the right. world of society around you. But for educators that are in the field, literally working to progress and advocate for children, there is a lack of financial support. Like right. you want us to live and be there every day for the new generation of people, literally 60 people every day, correct? And you, the bare minimum is like $40,000. Like how? <laughs> right. So for me, it's like a big, there's a big disconnect where there, you go to higher, you get a higher education, you become educated, you're now part of the collegiate world, right? And you're told that a salary is going to help benefit your life. You choose a career, you pick a field. I'm a teacher, let's say that. I feel as though there should be more central understanding in what teachers feel they should be paid because I, I am worth more than $40,000. I'm right. worth more than $50,000. I work as a teacher. I work as a therapist. I work as a healthcare <laughs> provider. I work as a mother and a father. And I work as a freaking counselor every single day, Monday to Friday, to 60 different people. And that is worth more than $80,000, especially if these people are going to be shifting and creating the society we have. And I think that that's just a big, like, that's the big confusion in today's day and age. Like, we give money to people who don't need it. Like, the governor doesn't need thousands (laughs) of dollars to survive. He doesn't. He's good. He's good. Like, let's value the people who are shifting our society what about the art and the culture like in theater they don't get they barely get paid as much as they need you need right. to pay at least like 15 productions to really be seen seriously and i think that's funny because i was talking about lin-manuel and we were just like is he a billionaire yet and i was like honestly i don't think my man's a billionaire yet no he's, yeah, a he's, million, he's got racks like, right he's got racks but he's not there yet and that no. sucks because he's created so much change for a culture and an environment and a career you know and it's like where's the value in that well, and then that is exactly what I was going to talk about, too, because you talk about this aspect of money coming out into the real world and going into the arts industry. You are already at a disadvantage if you if you don't have people investing in you, if you don't have someone helping you out to get you headshots, to get, to get you to continue to take classes, because I talked about this aspect of self-mastery, and it's incredibly important as an actor, as a singer, to go back into class even when you graduate so you can stay on top of your craft and continue your training outside of school. If you don't have the money to do that, if you don't have the money to go get the transportation, to go to these auditions, to even have an at-home studio, to rent out studio spaces, to take the dance classes, if you have the, no money, <laughs> you're not going to be doing it. Or no. you'll be doing it at a different level and at a different pace than mm-hmm. your peers and your counterparts. And I think the worst part for me was this aspect of comparing myself to people who I knew had investments to fully do what they wanted to do. Whereas I had to work two jobs getting out of college because my mother and my family were done with me financially. That sucks to say, but nobody was trying to invest in me after they invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into my education. But it's crazy because there's a different climate that I think that our families don't understand, whereas something that would have been seen as not a huge expense, like let's say going to class or like going to the theater, is such a big expense now because of the society that we live in and how everything is inflated, regardless. Mm -hmm. So... My experiences 
getting out of college are so different than what I thought they would be when I first got into it. Um, and it's crazy because it really tests your resiliency on if you love what you do. Because as an artist, we should be getting paid so much more. We shouldn't be having to struggle. And that's crazy. Art is the foundation of every single revolution in history. Mm. And you're telling me that we are getting paid nothing and we have to work two jobs to support ourselves before we bounce off. (laughs) And that's the reality of it. That's literally what they're saying. There's like, they're saying how great your, your talent is but how much we won't pay for you, like pay for its expense. And I think that's crazy because people pay thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars for paintings and for, for exclusive, like, like exclusive experiences at theaters. And it's just like, but what about the performers? Are you really like hounding in on what they're doing and how, how much it takes for them to get there? And these teachers, how many hours they're putting into the week for your child, you know? And it's like, it's just very interesting. And I think that brings me into like this concept of in- in institutionalized racism and what changes is made to eliminate racism in our white institutions. Because the institutions we work in are, I wouldn't, yeah, they're predominantly white. I'm not even gonna say, I'm not gonna say they are predominantly white. Um, and as women of color, I know we've both been through experiences of racism as we like, craft our pathways in these careers so my question is how have those experiences of institutionalized racism changed our or made an elimination of racism for us in these white institutions well i don't think there's ever fully going to be an elimination of racism at least not right now i think our society is waking up finally to the idea that it does exist and that it's not some delusion black and brown people have been making up <laughs> for year for generations um but i think that it definitely when i was definitely in college and even When I got out of college, I had such an anxiety that I wasn't going to be accepted in white spaces. I actually took a year off from doing any type of performing because I had so much trauma from school that I didn't want to encounter the same experiences in the professional world. Um, During that year, I was fortunate to talk to some pretty wonderful, powerful people. Um, One of them was a wonderful producer who told me, I explained how I was feeling, he said, You just need to show up as yourself. And I think that's the most powerful thing to tell somebody because when you feel like you are not enough, you will never show up for yourself. And in my school, in my society, regardless, I never felt like I was enough. It had a lot to do with my race. I felt like I wasn't performing the way that a Black person should perform in everyday life at school. I felt very ostracized. I felt not respected (laughs) but regardless I think him telling me that just changed my entire perspective because when you do show up as yourself you really don't really give people the option to not accept it if you accept Mm -hmm. who you are you know what I mean and even if you do you just don't really care you're there to show up for yourself you're there to show up as yourself and you're there to get a job done Damn. And that's crazy because that's definitely how I've felt um, in the shift from being on the West Coast in New York City to finding myself in Denver, Colorado. Um, I do feel institutionalized racism at the establishment that I'm at right now. But as going through facing the adversities that I faced in college, 
I knew that I had a voice and I'm not going to stick. I'm not going to sit for this shit at all. And I think that's, it comes to a point where it's like, I'm in this career for a reason. So you really need to value my opinion because I'm doing this by choice. Like no one assigned me this. I don't even have a degree in education. I'm choosing to get a master's in education because I know the value that it will have to these children that I'm teaching. So for me, it's interesting to experience racism in a way that it's like being a token and feeling as though I need to shift myself in others' perspectives because honestly at work, I cannot bring my, my full self. I can't. And if I do, I know there is going to be a huge conflict with just the words that I'm saying and the attitude that I'm using specifically because we have like a white supremacist view on things. And right. I think that's very interesting because I bring this up all the time in my workspace. And I think people are very hesitant of like, oh my God, what do you mean? What do you mean? But I'm just like, you really need to think about it. Like being in school, sitting at a desk is not a black person's mentality. No black person <laughs> said, hey, get your kids, get a desk, go sit. No, this is literally a white man's <laughs> world. And he said, let's sit these children at desk and let's teach them. Right. And my question is, what does that mean? What is that setting us up for? And yes, we got to sit at desk, but what did that create in our perspective of like education? How, well, did, that, how did we internalize that? You know, Right, exactly. I think there's a difference between teaching and um, conditioning. And a lot of schools are not doing it for the betterment of children. They're doing it to condition children to be able to function in society. And I realized that I was working as an assistant writer for this guy who wanted to start his nonprofit. Um, and he wanted to start like a teaching center for kids with disabilities in pre-K. And I was researching like the Common Core and how the Common Core is used pretty much all around the country as a structure and a guidance for teachers from for kids from pre-k to 12th grade and each core Mm -hmm. kind of changes every single year when i was reading some of the practices of the common core i was like okay wow like we're really conditioning children to be functioning members of society from when they're three years old (laughs) and i was like this is insane you know what i'm saying and the whole like the goal of the pre-k common core was to make sure they're successful in society like teach them how to uh, talk to authority members teach them what to say in the classroom teach them like what's not okay it's like we give kids so much conditioning that by the time that we go to college and we get these degrees it's how do you expect us to fully know who we are you know what i mean that i agree with and i think that that's why there needs to be a shift in the way we like like the way we consider education and I think that's interesting because I think that brings us into our next question on like what can we say about the lack of jobs for those with college degrees and I'm honestly going to touch base on this first because I am the one to attest to the lack there is of jobs for women of color in the field of journalism coming from a predominantly white university without the networking and like support of finance behind me um and I think that's interesting because I am I, I would I, I consider myself a journalist still. I'm still a writer. I still write for the benefit of informing people about other stories. But now I'm finding a way to do that in education specifically because the lack there was of jobs. I applied to too many locations. I was interning interning for too many people for me not to get a position after a year or two. And that right. just 
it just didn't work apparently apparently I was like not even I the people that I was working for the companies organizations is as is as though they were reaping all of my benefits without giving me the benefits that I worked for and I needed to change that so I changed yeah. my career because I knew there was a lack in support and just purpose for me in journalism and I felt like I needed to find it somewhere else and education brought that to me and I think it's crazy because people like were quitting their jobs in education because education was not what it was it wasn't hitting it was not hitting the way it was supposed to be hitting and I think that's funny because journalism wasn't hitting the way it was supposed to be hitting for me so that's why I shifted to education and now I find that there is a huge divide in college degrees and job opportunities for the modern day educated person. Yes. And no one tells you about this. Like you go to so many job fairs in college, you meet all these amazing people from Fox. And that's, that was my experience at Penn State. I met Fox producers. I met CNBC producers. And yet no one gave me a chance. Like you mm-hmm. had the audacity to sit inside my class, tell me how great my package was, tell me how awesome my producer voice is and how I'm producing well. But yet when I contacted you after college, there was no connection. Right. You know, and that's where the disconnect is. Cause it's just like, how do I feel supported? How do I yeah. feel like there is a space for me? No, exactly. Tell that's me how, how to create it. Exactly. I mean, that's how I felt as well. When I got out of school, when I took that year off from performing, I I really thought heavily on what I actually wanted to do. What did I want to go into the publishing field? Did I want to be a producer? Because people were like, you should produce, you should produce. Um, So I applied to work at film studios. I have more than enough qualification. (laughs) But it's crazy the amount of people that said they loved me or they said they they wanted to speak to me and see more of me. They never gave me a chance. And after six months, I literally just gave up because I, I couldn't wait around for someone else to give me a chance when I had to I had to provide for myself. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of got into this whole conversation where even people that I lived with, they were working in film and television. And I would literally cry to them and tell them how I was feeling and they wouldn't even offer me opportunities or they would throw an opportunity in the air, but they wouldn't give me like the steps on how to get it. And I realized that specifically with white people, (laughs) when you talk to them about the things that you want to do, they will tell you their experiences, but they will not give you an opportunity or connection. And that was a very hard lesson that I had to learn because here I am crying in front of people telling them I don't understand what's going on you have all the power in the world well not all the power in the world but you have the power to connect me with someone that could very well advance my career and instead of doing so you'd rather just pat me on the back and tell me that things are going to be okay Mm, (laughs) damn if I uh, that is I think I think that is the experience I mean huh Damn, I have a lot to say about that, but I'm not going to get too in depth. But I think that is the experience of powerful Black women trying to find their way in a world that is not equipped for us as of yet. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because we do believe in mentorship. We do believe in having support. But sometimes we forget that that support is not always looking out for the benefit of us. Especially because we are not yet reaching the goals or aspirations they have already achieved. So mm-hmm. to them, it's like, yes, we're, the, we're their mentee, but also it's like, oh, this person's got so much more to like get. And like, there's not much they've gotten that I can relate to. 
and so their experience is not credited to the my experience at all well so i I have no yeah no i will say it's completely different to me when i'm talking to black people in the industry personally when i got out of school i was very fortunate enough to network with someone that came to my showcase who turns out was this huge black person in hollywood he's a writer and he's also a playwright he connected me with so many other producers he connected me with so many other people he sat down with me this is a guy that graduated from Juilliard with his MFA. He literally gave me a lot of tools to the trade for free. And his my experience with him is the reason why I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go back in and jump into performing because there are people, black people in the industries that you're in that really want you to succeed because the industry is so small. It's mm-hmm. like, we're gonna help you because we've been there. Whereas when I would connect with white people, I wouldn't be getting the same kind of energy. And right. I don't I don't think it has much to do about me not being on the same level playing field because to both of these people, I'm the same, I'm the same. You know, to a black to the black mentor I had, mm-hmm. I was the same. To the white mentor, I'm still in the same place. It had more to do with actually instilling a belief in me, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but I think that I think that goes with like potential. Like that's all I don't know. I personally I hear you. And I feel like that we're gonna have to agree and disagree, but I think we're agreeing inevitably, but like there's a change in language because I agree. Black men, I, okay, for me, it's more, I feel like as the white people cannot central and understand our experience. So they are not gonna be able to give us the advice that is necessarily beneficial for us. Got it, and right. For me, it's more like, it's a problem. It's a huge problem, especially if you're not checking yourself and you're like, oh shit. I just told my white mentee, you can do anything. Anything is possible. Here's how you do it. Like, believe in yourself. But then I told my black mentee, hey, there's a lot of struggles and obstacles you're going to have to face. You're going to have to bite the bullet. You're going to have to be more (laughs) more tough. You're going to have to be more creative. That's Mm -hmm. problematic. That's Mm -hmm. very problematic because I have that same experience. Like, my mentor, my, my, my master's mentor right now, she's a black woman. She is literally the dean of our fucking master's program. And I look up to this woman because... Bro, the first day I entered this program and I saw that my fucking professor and my leader was a black woman, you know how much power that made me feel? That mm-hmm. made me feel like this is the space for me. And I feel like I knew that because of the language she used and the the understanding she had of my experience. And it's right. funny because I've recently had like a meeting with her because I wanted to change schools. I wanted to shift and I wanted to change what I was going. And she was just like, you know what? I've been through this experience. I am, I've been a teacher for 25 years. What you're doing right now needs to be continued. Do not mm-hmm. give up. Do mm-hmm. not listen to anyone who's telling you to stop because this thing is expensive and you need it. And if you have it now, your life is just going to be so much more beneficial. And it's mm-hmm. funny because all my other mentors have, didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me how it was. They didn't tell me the reality. They didn't tell mm-hmm. me like, oh, if you move, you're not going to get this paid for. Like she made it very clear. She in like... And it, I think that that's where the disconnect is. White mentees or mentors, they might have a, they might have the best like in mind for us, right. but they will never understand that experience and or what we're going to have to go through to get there because they right. will never have to go through that. And ever. you know, the thing is, that's why I had to check myself too, because I listen to everybody's experience, no matter if you're black, white, Asian, no matter if, I don't care who you are, I'm always going to listen to your story because your perspective, it does matter. I'm never going to say my experience is more valued than your experience because in the grand scheme of things, 
we're all humans living a collective experience. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, I will definitely say I've realized that I don't have to relate to somebody or resonate with them to appreciate their experience. And my experience with white mentors or white people in positions of powers in these institutions is that they want to basically resonate and relate with you. So they will use something that speaks to you to do so. Like, let's say you're getting mentored or your professor is a white woman. I've had people try to relate to me on the basis of that they are women. So they understand my experience. <laughs> and that's why I just laugh and it's just like that's where you're not understanding intersectionality and that's a that's a really big mental shift for a lot of people because a lot of people just want to be centered and connected and it's just like yeah we are humans that's great <laughs> but tell me about a time that a group of 50 white people made you feel like you were insufficient tell exactly me, tell me about a time 50 black people made you feel like you could not achieve you know, and there couldn't be a, there's no relation because you cannot find a time or a period where you've ever experienced that. So there is a big shift in who we are as women, because I have to be more persevering. I have to be more prideful in who I am because I shouldn't let these tiny minuscule things affect me, but they do. They do. Right. Especially if I don't see any other people like me in this room, I'm not going to feel like you're my friend. I'm not going to feel like this is a connection. Well, I say I feel like we Right. No, but I say this is where the shift has to happen because I don't want my children to grow up in a world where they already feel like they have a disadvantage when they walk into a room full of white people, which is why I said showing up as yourself is so powerful because then you don't give people the opportunity to make you feel less than yourself. You know what I mean? Because honestly, that was my biggest mistake in college. I allowed people to dictate who I was so I belittled myself so they didn't have to you know what I'm saying and that was my biggest regret because I should have stood in my power and I should have understood who I was at the time that's cool I'm understanding that now but I could have I could have done so much more if I didn't have the anxiety of feeling less than in a room full of white spaces mm. And that kind so of yeah. just a, oh so just a simple question. It's a yes or no. Is success guaranteed just because of the degree, or does success society play a bigger role? Society plays like, a bigger role. All right, and I agree with you on that because <laughs> success is not guaranteed. <laughs> They'll snatch that shit from you so quick. Like success here. <laughs> so literally, yeah, society plays a huge role, a huge role. And so I guess I will also say to kind of wrap up the conversation of higher education, can you be highly educated and still know nothing? Have you met highly educated people that were still ignorant? Hell fucking yeah. A high education <laughs> don't mean shit. It does not mean that you fucking, funny thing is there's one of my kids, Aiden, he was talking to another student. He was just like, Jayana finds this googly eye, right? Sticks it on her forehead. And Aiden's like, whoa, she's opened her third eye. And that <laughs> that literally made me think because like I know so many adults who don't know that concept like the concept of like spiritual awakening and what the third eye really means and so I've spoken to highly educated people who have no idea of what the hell they're talking about but they literally just <laughs> they sit they jargon just to jargon like, right. they're saying these words these like these SAT words they're using this like collegiate grammar and it's just like do you even know what you're saying right now though like do you, are you making sense to yourself right and for me that's where like 
it's just like it's a farce it's literally a farce people tell like and that's why i don't advocate college for everybody like and that's why everyone needs to know what it means because for some people they will reap its benefits they will go meet with everybody they will go they build they'll be exposed to these environments they've never been exposed to they'll go to a tea party with a who knows a high priestess just because that's something they don't know <laughs> right and educate themselves but there are people who go to college just to like go to college like exactly. my mom went to college we're getting drunk let's go to college yeah oh my god football games yeah and it's like that's lit but like <laughs> is that meaning your education like your mind like no. is your mind fuller now because you went to 15 fucking football games are you fuller now because you went to five frat parties like i don't get it for me right it's like, no no right no I mean, you have to want to be educated. We talked about that a lot last episode. I think personally, the highly educated professors that I was in contact with, a lot of them, they were very intelligent people. Some of them so inspiring. I had. It's crazy when people can just look at a sheet of music and just read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. And that's, it's amazing that you can do that. And it's amazing that you can write music it's amazing that you know this whole different other language you're so educated in your field but the problem with a lot of them was the fact that I realized you can be highly educated and still want to actually be ignorant Mm -hmm. you can be educated and think that that education that you have is the farthest that you're gonna go with yeah with your with your education and with your um, knowledge because honestly I think a lot of highly educated people get comfortable in their ego. <laughs> so they don't want to be educated anymore because they think that if someone else has a differing perspective or something that's even more enlightened than what they could have thought of, then their whole experience was like a farce. farce. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's funny because like, that's the truth, I think, a very much truth. And I think that that's why the cycle of like, highly educated people and knowledge needs to be shifted because knowledge is like knowledge is ever changing knowledge is ever changing education kind of stays stagnant honestly education definitely is stagnant to a point where you choose to be knowledgeable about other things that are not in parts of education and I think that that's the big difference because knowledge and education are not the same like you could be educated and not knowledgeable on anything like at all and that is, I think, the biggest struggle everyone has because everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so educated. I have all this knowledge. But it's like, do you though? Tell right. me about the people who were first in America because they weren't Americans. <laughs> they were right. definitely the native. So is that knowledge or is that education? And then there's the divide in what education is trying to enrich us in knowledge because it's just like the education we're receiving in elementary school, middle school, and high school, honestly, it somewhat awakens our knowledge, but it's not very knowledgeable. Like, so these I, are things yeah. like, like it's it's very interesting. I don't know how I be. I know how to explain it, but like, no, you I know what's like crazy? It, well, it's hopefully. it doesn't. You are it, a lot of the education that we're being taught. It doesn't enrich our soul in any way. Mm-hmm. You're you're only going to go as far with your to learn and acquire wisdom as you feel enlightened to do so. You know what I'm saying? So when you're in high school, when you're in elementary school, if nothing is really clicking for you and you're not connecting with the material that you're being taught, which is why I say there's a difference between education and conditioning, you're actually going to resent your education. You're Mm going to resent. And that's why a lot of people don't finish their degrees and don't go to college because it's like, what is there for me? I was writing a... um, an article a couple years ago and one of the lines that really stuck with me that I wrote was wisdom 
I'm sorry, ignorance is taught and wisdom is rewarded. So Mm. I think that's really important to note. And that's what I think a highly educated person looks like to me. I was force fed this image and this idea of what a highly educated person was. And then I met myself. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That's so beautiful because I agree. I agree with that. Like I had this imagery of like, honestly, and it's funny because I never imaged, imagined a black person as the highly educated one. Like I remember wanting to go to college to fit this white superior role I remember that very vividly and then being there and acquiring knowledge that other people didn't acquire like they didn't just didn't understand like I was learning about struggles that female intersectional changers were having in Africa and how that shifted the American perspective Mm. and for some people that was just like what are you talking about like what are you learning that it's like bro this is knowledge brah if you don't know this, like, you then don't understand how American society has now stigmatized us and conditioned us to think that these Africans are less superior than we are. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, not that's knowledge. If you could put those together and realize that, oh, shit, you're telling me this, but I'm living this shit. <laughs> Whoa. Right. If you don't make the connect, there's nothing there. And I think that that's the, like, what you said in seeing and finding that highly educated person in myself has, like, really opened doors for me because there is not for me like the highly educated person is not a white man anymore it's not a white person it is a person who is open-minded and intersectional with that open-mindedness exactly because knowledge is not just education it's not just getting that phd it's being in those rooms with people who have different personalities different perspectives and being able to communicate with them without feeling attacked without feeling right. like your identity is being questioned because your identity is yours right and I, I love that because hell yeah, I look up to you and I say, oh my God, my friend's got that education that I want my kids to be like, I want my students to aspire to be, but to society, that is not their 100% image of what a higher education, educated person is. And I think that that's funny because when we talk about society, we're not talking about black people. We're not talking about Latinos. We're not talking about native Americans. We're talking about whites. And mm-hmm. that is a big problem. Like those are not, that's not my life. That's not our history. That's not our life. That's not me. <laughs> so right. we need to know where that disconnect or the connection needs to come in. And we need to be given more space and opportunities to express that. And I think that that goes into our final question for this episode in how has having a degree shaped the outcome of our lives thus far? Um, have our careers or goals changed? Has the way we viewed ourselves changed? And maybe has the way our family viewed us changed? Yeah, you know, honestly, I will always say I'm very thankful to go to college. I was able, I was fortunate to be around some wonderfully talented people that inspire me each and every day. Um, a lot of my friends who I connected with were some of the most talented people that I've ever I've ever met in my entire life. And I'm always going to be grateful for that because it opens my mind to what I can actually do myself. I had a professor in college who I absolutely love. I've been meaning to reach out to her and talk to her because she really inspired me to see beyond what other people were dictating me to be. I remember I was in my juries and she's a white woman, but she's also a highly educated woman who is able to have a aspect of reciprocity in our conversations where she can literally empathize with my experiences and she can also give me advice based off her perspectives and I'm able to receive that you know it's a it's an open understanding and and she really did inspire me and 
she, I remember I was in my juries and she told me, you know, I'm rooting for you. I want you to win your Obie Award one day, which is an off, a, a huge off-Broadway award. Um, she's like, I want to be sitting there rooting for you. And I had never heard any white professor ever say that they believed in me and ever say they wanted something from me. You know what I'm They wanted greatness from me. You know what I'm saying? So I think now looking back on that and realizing that I was around so many beautiful people and even if I was not at a point in time, I still had somebody that really cared and believed in me. My goal is still the same, but now I just have a higher expectation for myself. Mm. I don't just want to be an actor. I want to be an actor, a writer, and I want to open my production studio one day so I can give voice to other actors and writers who felt marginalized. You know what I'm saying? So the way I viewed myself ultimately changed from that too, because I didn't even think that was possibility for me. I didn't think I was capable of doing anything else besides acting and singing at a point in time. And then I was able to unlock so many different avenues and pathways in my mind that really inspired me to say, what more can you do? Um, and in terms of the way my family has viewed me, <laughs> I think they have a very different perspective of a timeline in their heads based off of when they were getting out of school that they think that I'm just supposed to be that person overnight. <laughs> I think there's an aspect of respect, but I also think they want their investment to pay off. And I always make this joke of my mother is not leaving this planet until she gets a portion of her investment paid to her. Um, <laughs> She is holding on. Um, I think there's an aspect of respect, but I, I definitely think that, especially in an arts career, it's very hard to have people believe in you because so many people are artists and so many people are actually bullshitting and so many people are actually good. So they're just kind of scared that their $100,000 is just going to waste. Some but garbage, yeah. <laughs> like, but, but it's not. It's not. Damn. Wow. That's so powerful. I love that. I feel like I 100% relate with you on having white mentors who have guided me and not many. That's so crazy. The top one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have one. Like, I have one that literally is just like, she's never shifted her belief in me. She's always consistently been there. And she's the reason I want to be the educator that I am, specifically because I found other people who try to embody who she is without even knowing who she is and her mm. name is Medora Embersol and I'm happy I found her because she created my love for education in arts um I was lucky enough to get an internship with her being the first woman of color in that space and I was always just listened to like every day I was listened to even when things were conflicting with with her own personal experience yeah I was listened to and that's what the most important thing is I feel like that we lack sometimes like just listening to each other. Reciprocity. There's no, yes, there's no superiority. There's no, I had a better experience you're having than, than you're having, et cetera. It's more just, here's a space. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. And Medora has created that space for me. Like, I talk to her literally every other month. Um, she is the woman I aspire to be. She's a mother I aspire to be. She's an educator I aspire to be. But more importantly, she believes in me minus who not in, and I shouldn't even say minus my race. She believes in me incorporating my race. She right. believes in me due to who I am and the struggles that I've gone through. And she right. understands that the power that that's going to bring to many spaces and the importance of it. And that I wish every other person had in their mind. I wish. But that is something you need to learn to grow to understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a big concept in like where my degree has shaped my 
perspective of life and where I am right now because I've used this degree like it's a fucking skateboard. I've skated my ass all the way to Colorado because <laughs> I knew <laughs> that I needed to stop at a bachelor's. And the funny thing is, I didn't need to stop at a bachelor's that I had to pay for. I was right. not going to pay for it. No more. No thank you. I am better than being than paying for something that I don't have money for. <laughs> and it's great to have people to be like, yeah, exactly. Go get that money that you deserve. People deserve to support you. And I love that I'm seeing that support right now people are investing in me like I'm being invested in right now financially supportingly and it might not always feel like I have like 100% support behind me but they're doing it in a way that society will never be able to trip me up again right no one will ever be able to say oh you're not a good teacher oh but this master's degree disagrees (laughs) my experience teaching in this establishment around the country would disagree with you and all these people who have invested in that would disagree with you as well so let's move on from that and let's find something else to try to critique me for um and I think that shifts the way I perceive myself um I just remember this conversation I actually had with my mom about two three days ago where I'm thinking more or less of becoming an assistant principal because I like I said I've been in Colorado for about 10 months I found problems in the school that I'm at and legitimately I kid you not everyone Three days ago, we had a whole professional development with the CEO of our organization and every fucking complaint that I made was shifted. And I'm on a task force that is continuously shifting that. So that isn't a test to my power. I'm not giving up. I'm mm-hmm. not going to stop when I feel like things are defeating me or things are coming at me and yes. trying to make me feel like I'm trapped. I'm not. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to continuously speak up because these kids deserve someone to be there for them Mm -hmm. they're not able to support themselves without an adult and that's crazy because I didn't even realize how much adult persuasiveness and adult like mind had to play an R growing up like yes adults really shifted the way we saw things and the way we experienced things and I want to do that for children as well because they deserve that and society is lacking in that and that's where I find my power I know that I am able to and anyone anything anyone can do it and like this conversation with my mom I'm telling my mom I'm like hey I think I'm gonna become an assistant principal after I finish this master's degree like I love teaching but I love teaching so much that I know that these teachers need so much more support and they're not getting it and I know how I would be able to offer that and we could just have conversations about that it'd be more clear but no one's doing that Mm -hmm. my mom's just like you know darling the funny thing is I remember you going off to college and being so sad and being so scared, but I know who you are and you will never give up until you get what you want. And it's not even about, and she was just like, it's not even about the money and it's not even about the power. It's more about the change. Mm -hmm. I remember watching you say you wanted to go to Colorado and me being so scared for you to do that. But then you coming to me with an apartment, with a job, with a degree (laughs) and me feeling like, damn, like I, I belittled you and I gave you no support, but you came and you showed me how you would persevere regardless. Wow. And she said to me, she's like, I know you'll do it. And I know you'll be able to get to where you want. Just I'll be here to listen. I'll be here to support. And I was just like, that's literally all I fucking want to hear because it's hard. It's hard it to is. feel like people are genuinely supporting your decision. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm coming to a space now where my family has a hundred percent valued like the changes I've made in my own life well and this makes me emotional because like Mm. I haven't grown up in a space where I was given complete control on what I do and how I do it so being able to have this power and feel like not even feel how my parents tell me they believe in me and they support me 
just is a test to every fucking obstacle I overcome. Every fucking night I've cried about not feeling good enough for my parents and just wanting to be better for myself. Because me being better for myself inevitably showed my family who I was. Showed wow. them what I could do and where I am right now, honestly. Yeah. It's not going to stop. And I'm I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. And honestly, for those of you all who are listening, I just think that real you have to really get specific on not just your goals for life, but who you want to become. Because when you step into your purpose and your power your entire perspective of the world will change and most of it will cater to you. And so I I think that's such a beautiful thing to understand and realize that your awakening of who you truly are will awaken the world around you, basically. (laughs) So listen up, y'all. We're going to end this episode on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe. More importantly, use our unique link for a chance for your question to be featured on our next episode. Until next time, stay cruising.